So welcome in from the 10 directions, all you Sangha brothers and sisters, and good morning. I'm betwixt and between about talk this morning. Uh, I had one idea and it changed and that changed and that changed. Maybe I'll go back to the first idea. Um, when I first came to the temple in Toronto in about 1978, was before my first daughter was born, I became a part of a, a quite wonderful group of unusual people. And almost as soon as we got started together, Venerable Samusunam began to publish Spring Wind. And I remember it being just some eight and a half, 11 sheets of paper at the beginning. And then we got a printing press. So we were able to make uh, these little booklets and it went from little booklets to bigger booklets into a magazine and quite professional looking size. And I remember how much that those of us who lived at the temple and the close members, there were only a few of us then, waited eagerly for these spring winds. The very most popular part of it was what was called Tales from the Land of Morning Calm. The Land of Morning Calm is South Korea. So we would have these quite fantastic, beautifully written tales, which Sunam would do for each one. And everyone would get their copy and go to their room to read. And you might just, if you can see, this cover, it has a stupa on it, which Sunim built, a stupa to honor all the people who helped with the building and renovation of our first building temple. All the other places were rented spaces, but we managed at 46 Gwyn Avenue to actually buy a building with help from our Korean Sangha. And this was one of the first spring winds with the printing press. And you can see this stupa. And Sunam always said that all of those who had helped with the building were bodhisattvas. So the building bodhisattvas. And the reason I chose this particular one this morning is because the very first article is about Yongman Zhongzhen. And Sunam wrote a lot, and I am, I've picked out some particular sections to read to you. I could do a little bit by memory, but I think it's um, good in some cases to just treasure some of Sunam's words, interesting that he knows so much. And also that with English as 
his second language. He's quite a good writer. So this article about Yongman Zhongzhen starts with a story. A woman came to the temple crying in grief. What's the matter? She was asked. Five days ago, my mother-in-law died, she wailed. My husband went to the mountains to cut a tree to make a coffin. He failed to come home that day and the following day. So I went out to look for him. I found his blood-stained clothes and bones not far from where he left his axe and chige, a frame carrier like a backpack. He had been carried off by a tiger and devoured. I wept bitterly and cursed the beast. Then I swore to myself to take revenge no matter what. But first I had to look after my two children at home. So I gathered the bones of my husband in my shirt, skirt and came down the mountain. When I approached home, I could not see my house anymore. I could not believe my eyes. I called aloud for my children. I was almost out of my mind. Everything was there before I left this morning. Now all had burned down to ashes and my children too. I fainted dead away. I spent the night there clutching the charred bodies of my two children. Will you hold a funeral for them? So she speaks to the priest. No problem. We will bury them together, said the priest of the temple. But right now, the woman said, I must go now to avenge my husband. No, no, said the priest. They've done the service at this point, And she said, now I have to go avenge. I have to kill that tiger. And the priest said, no, 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 no. Until you do 50,000 prostrations for your husband, children, and your mother-in-law, then see, the priest said sternly. So this woman, she was very, very upset. And she respected the priest. And so she began to do 50,000 prostrations which took really a long time, about two weeks. So finally she got them done. And then she went to the priest, I've got them done. And he said, well, very good, very good. And she said, now I'm going to avenge the death and get, him, get my, that tiger. Because really that's what caused all the problems. And the priest said, no, no, no. He said, now I like you too recite the Heart Sutra. You must recite the Heart Sutra for a few weeks. Oh, Ane, no in Korean, I want to go and get that tiger. And the priest said, please, dear person, please chant the Heart Sutra. So she went about chanting the Heart Sutra. And if you know the Heart Sutra, there's a lot of know this and know that. And when it got to the place, to, to the Bodhisattva holds on to nothing but prajna paramita. After all this, no, what are some of the no's? 
not coming to my mind right now. No mind. No mind, no thoughts, no impulse, no consciousness, no birth, no death. It's just all in the Heart Sutra. It's said to be really the 33 lines of the uh, core teachings. And that no stuff was hard for her to understand. She was a simple country woman. And so when it came to the Bodhisattva holds on to nothing but Prajnaparamita, she thought, huh, this is what I should do. I should hold on to Prajnaparamita. But what is Prajnaparamita? And so she began, what is this Prajnaparamita? And every time she chanted, she would be thinking, it's kind of like, what is it? What is it? And during this time of chanting the Heart Sutra and having deep questioning about what is Prajnaparamita, she had some illness, she had some depression, and the monks and, and the master priests at the temple took care of her. And then it turned out that one day, while she was reciting the Heart Sutra and she came to hold on to nothing but Prajnaparamita, she was on her way to the outhouse and she had a great awakening about what that was. Wisdom perfection. Hmm. So she decided not to get the tiger. And she stayed at the temple. So Sunam told this story because people, even when he wrote it, which must have been in the early 1980s, there were many difficulties, both in the world and nationally and with our members. And still, as I tell you this story, we almost everyone has some real challenges that have come up during this pandemic. And if we haven't had any ourselves, we certainly know of people here in the Sangha, that's certainly been the case. So Sunam says, when times are difficult, Yongmin Zhangjin is medicine. And so he writes about Yongmin Zhangjin. Young means courageous and stands for dragon, while Meng means fierce and stands for lion or tiger. Both dragon and lion are king of the animals and are known for their fearlessness and wisdom. They do not indulge in insignificant things but go directly after the most important and tackle it fiercely until it's all over. It is the spirit of these qualities which Zen students are urged to adopt and use to guide them throughout Yongmen Zhongzhen. On the wall outside the meditation hall, there's a picture of the Prajna dragon boat. We've heard a little bit about it because it was the theme of our peace camp the first year of the uh, pandemic. In the picture is a boat in the shape of a dragon that carries people across the tumultuous sea. The waves are high and the sky is overcast. The lone boat is completely surrounded by dangerous waters. Travelers riding in the Prajna dragon boat are on the alert and mindful of the danger. 
Aside from the travelers, there are Buddhas and Bodhisattvas guiding them across the perilous sea route. And the picture looks like the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas are standing in the water alongside the boat. So I have seen some of these pictures in Korea myself. So there is no panic among the travelers. Some of them row the boat and others pump water out of the boat and still others help steer the boat between waves. And all of them are vitally engaged in their spiritual practice, repeating the names of Buddhas and Bodhisattvas and some even practicing meditation. There's a sense of strong concentration and oneness among the travelers. In this concentration and oneness, the crossing over from this shore to the other shore is taking place. You can think of that during Yongmen Junction, we being in the Prajna dragon boat and developing strong concentration and oneness. When you do Yongmen Junction together, you are in much the same situation as the travelers in the Prajna dragon boat. Your great renunciation, notwithstanding, distractions and passions run high. Like the dangerous waters that surround the lone Prajna dragon boat, you are still surrounded by your karma. And last night I talked about karma. We all have a karma load. And I think there can be some mis misconception about that. Karma, the word, simply means action. Action. So your karma load is the load of all of your actions. Sometimes we think it's always, oh, my bad actions. But it's also your good. So both are part of that. And as we can keep adding to the good, of course, but we must not think it's something really bad. It's just our life, what's come before us, our habits are here with us. So the crossing over or Prajna dragon, pardon me, the crossing over or Prajna paramita, perfection of wisdom that takes place during the Yangman Jangjan gives birth to Prajna bodhisattvas. After they safely reach the other shore, they cross over to this shore again and serve as Prajna boat, serve as Prajna dragon boat in order to take all beings safely over to the other shore and peace. Thus the Prajna Paramita Bodhisattvas do time and time again with their great vow of compassion as earth and other elements together with space eternally provide sustenance in many ways for the countless sentient beings, so may I become sustenance in every way for sentient beings to the limits of space until all have attained nirvana. So it's a crossing over to the other shore and coming, what is this prajna paramita, this perfection of wisdom? As the old lady had her wadu meditation practice, so each of you have. And carrying your habitual patterns and your karma load, 
you seek to cross over to the other shore and then to come back and help others over and over again. It's a, it's a beautiful story. So here we are in the middle of Yongman Junction and coming up are some more meditation. So we want to really apply ourselves to our meditation practice, depending what time zone we're in. And then we'll be having lunch and a period of rest and then work. So let's today take the spirit of Young Men Jongjin making an utmost effort to awaken each moment. It's never about over there and some other time. It's about if not you, then who? If not here, then when? If not this time, then when? If not now. So there's some embodiment practices which you can work with. It's going to be after your meditation a more active period. So Zen Master Dogen said, treat the properties and belongings of the Sangha as if they were your own eyeballs. That's pretty careful, right? If you were working with your own eyeballs, you would see how precious they are for your seeing and treat them very well. And I like the, this one in particular. Said, there's a quote from instructions to the cook, which say, even the hedgerows teach the Dharma. The hedgerows are the rows between fields. Actually, if we're embodied and really close and concentrating, everything teaches the Dharma. So just like the woman who kept repeating over and over again her practice, for the rest of this day and to the end of your young Junction, let us make an utmost effort to treat everything we come in touch with. Every footstep can be so precious. Every movement when we bring our hands can be so precious. Everything is teaching us the Dharma. So practice formally and embodied in life. Let's go for it. Thanks for being there. Thanks for being here. It's really good to know people are making an effort with this hard work. And there's lots to do, and yet it always comes down to each very moment. We can do that. All right. It's not that you cannot do it. It is that you do not do it. So let's go on with our schedule, whatever it is.